And we are back. This is Blight, Stories in the Key of Decay and Repair. I am Sean Williamson. In a way that is both uh, anticlimactic and necessary, we took a break right as we near the end of our second season because my family got a new roommate a few weeks ago. Her name is Clementine. She enjoys sleeping and eating milk and enjoys, but also does not enjoy, sunshine and short baths. We've been living a warm, simple family existence of playing in the yard and cooking meals. We enjoy the good life we have in some ways earned and in some ways have been gifted. I have been exercising and thinking about writing. When I get up, often before the sun comes up, dew clings to plants in our yard, which is plentiful. Dill drapes across the walkway to the garage. Corn grows seven feet tall. Plump peppers dangle from plants. A family of bunnies eat from the garden occasionally, but mostly just pass through. Our society, however, does not seem warm or simple, and the promise of a better day moves further and further out by the minute. It is out of sight now, as Americans are punished for our arrogance, ego, punished for our nihilism by spiking COVID-19 cases across the country. Restaurants and bars are closing back up, many for good. Earlier this week, A mandatory public mask ordinance passed in Milwaukee, which will undoubtedly temper the spread of the disease. It is also worrisome how this ordinance will empower the police to further restrict and persecute brown and black bodies, will give the police state another tool to silence unrest in this important moment. Still, on the empty threat of stormy mornings on the hill by the airport, planes come in and planes go out. Purple flowers have popped out of the weeds. A bumblebee moves in and out of the spokes of my bicycle. Raindrops land every so often on my shoulders. But still, it is the most generous definition of rain. How long will it take for me to get wet out here, I wonder? How long will it take to drown? Our first story comes from Jim Winship. Jim is a somewhat retired social work educator and storyteller living in Wisconsin. He has lived in El Salvador twice, and his book, Coming of Age in El Salvador, is based on his research with youth and young adults there. He is currently involved with the Hunger Task Force in Wisconsin in a project that will tell the story of how local food relief organizations have been responding to pandemic-created need. Time and space are out of joint. Time is out of joint, Hamlet exclaims in the first act of the play. His head is reeling with all that has changed, and he is unsure what to do. Reading the play, sitting safer at home in the early summer of 2020, I feel that for me, time and space have been out of joint. From late March to mid-May, time was not standing still. It was moving at an eerily slow pace. Someone remarked during those weeks that Groundhog Day is a horror movie, 
in which we are all living with each day largely a repetition of the day before. Yes, but in that 1993 comedy, weatherman Phil Connors at least interacted with a lot of people every day. Day after day, the only people my wife and I interacted with outside of screens were each other. There's a term in Spanish that communicates out of jointness, susto. The word literally means scare or fright. When you're surprised by the unexpected sound of a clap of thunder, you might exclaim, que susto. Another meaning of susto was explained to me by a curandera, a healer in Denver some years ago. Susto is to be out of equilibrium with the universe. That's what it feels like. I am three degrees out of alignment. Time is out of joint, and I'm experiencing time differently. Now, I don't believe that I or any of us can truly live in the present. I think we simultaneously live in the past, present, and future. My past, what I've done and experienced and learned, provides the framework, the lens through which I view the present. In the future, even when I'm not thinking about what my tomorrows will be like, my expectations about the future are very much with me. I am fortunate enough not to be that worried about paying bills at the end of the month, and the amount of interaction I have to have with others is minimal. I know that if I were out of work or an essential worker job with lots of face-to-face -face contact, my near future worries would be in the back of my head coloring the way I saw the days ahead, even when I was not consciously thinking about them. It's helpful for me to think about experiencing time as sitting on a three-legged stool, the legs of which are past, present, and future. The leg that's the past is solid. We all have clear memories of pre-COVID-19 times. The leg that's the present is a little spongy, as my current days lack some of the activities and routines and rituals that make days solid. In the future, I have trouble imagining what August 1 or January 1, 2021 or next year at this time will be like. Due to the incompetence of the federal response to the pandemic, the uncertainty about how long it will take to develop and distribute a vaccine, and now the injustices in this country crying out loudly for redress, when I try to look into the future, all I see are clouds. That leg of the future is short and rickety. Time is out of joint, and I have felt sad and frustrated when I looked at my Google Calendar for the upcoming week and weeks and I find events noted that will not come to pass. Play tickets for a performance, presentation I was scheduled to make in Missouri, a trip to New Mexico to visit with family. The time I am living in is not the one I was counting on, and it's disconcerting. We live in time and space, and space also seems altered. For one thing, the space that I occupy has been constricted. For a few months, essentially just our house, and then expanding to the porch and yard as the weather improved. Hamlet experienced altered space. He came back from college at the University of Wittenberg, and so much had changed. His father dead, his uncle crowned king, his mother suddenly married to his uncle, and then a ghost appears, demanding that he engage in murder. The castle in which he had grown up had become an alien place, and his out-of-alignment was made worse by all the people expecting him to carry on as if nothing amiss had happened. Space, as well as time, was out of joint for the Prince of Denmark. For me as well, space and time are askew. When I leave our house, I wear a mask when I encounter others. I've had a lot of birthdays and am more at risk than many folks for the coronavirus. Familiar spaces now appear dangerous. Going to a store and seeing a large number of people inside, I walk away.
seeing people walking around without masks, I get nervous. The prospect of doing things that I've always enjoyed, going to a familiar restaurant, attending live theater, getting on a plane to go somewhere new, all of these now fill me with dread. The familiar has become strange, at times dangerous. Time and space are out of joint. So what do I do? Perched unsteadily on this three-legged stool of time. Try to be as still as possible? I think back to the time when our children were much younger, just getting the hang of walking and then walking faster, running. They would careen through the living room, and my wife and I would be perched on the edges of our seats, ready to move fast to avoid a collision between a toddler and an end table. I am perched now, as balanced as possible, leaning forward on this unsteady, three-legged stool of time. I try to make as much of every day as I can. After all, I am not living in a Groundhog Day movie. I'll never have this particular day to live again. And there have been moments and days during this lockdown that I will treasure. I lean forward to take action when I can, because the old normal, while comfortable in some ways, was so unjust. We live in a country with too much inequality and intolerance. Far too few opportunities for many who live here. Yes, time and space are out of joint, and it's shifting again. Time often moves at a steady pace, and then a momentous event happens that changes both our perspectives of the world and the course of future events. This happened with the John F. Kennedy assassination, with September 11, 2001, and now with the killing of George Floyd. After way too many black men dying at the hands of white policemen and a jogger in Georgia being coldly murdered, the reaction to George Floyd's death is different. 300 people turned out as we peacefully marched for Black Lives Matter through our small town the past Sunday, protesting pervasive racism and police brutality. This was one of a very large number of marches taking place, not only in big cities, but in places as unlikely as a wealthy Birmingham, Alabama suburb, and in Vidor, Texas, the headquarters of the Ku Klux Klan in the state. It very well could be, in the words of the old Sam Cooke song, it's been a long time coming, but I know a change is going to come. Oh, yes, it will. It's leaning forward and taking action time. Yes, time and space are out of joint, and often I am off balance, buffeted by the countless tragedies in the world, feeling out of alignment with the universe. And yet, I find myself smiling. I am glad, really glad, to be alive in this time and in this place. The next story is titled Christ of the Abyss, written by myself and published at Malasena Arts and Letters in 2019. I will, of course, include a link to that magazine in the show notes. In India, in Russia, in Thailand, the statues are immense. My headaches have been bad and feeling worse every day. It is horrific to search tallest statues, but still I do this. Even on the cracked display of my outdated phone, they put a weight on my heart. The motherland calls. Gayan of Nanshan, great Buddha of Thailand. They are giants and we are nothing. They are giants and we are nothing. Christ of the Abyss is covered with algae, submerged in the Mediterranean Sea. Christ of the Abyss raises his hand up toward the surface, 
He is horrific too. Something is rotting inside my skull. At the mall, Sawyer rides the escalator a million times in a blue coverall snowsuit. In the food court, this guy with a backpack asks a girl in a finish line polo what time it is. They are at different tables. His heel taps furious on the floor. Over and over he asks her. Finish line takes out her earbuds and tells him, each time more polite. Am I stuck in a loop? Sawyer picks apart a pretzel dog, ketchup sticky on his cheeks. Teenagers everywhere go, oh. They join from every floor, leaning inward over railings, looking up, good haircuts, young teeth. There is a terrible echo, all those kids screaming. The glass shakes, the floors crumble. I hold Sawyer's hand. Security chases the kids away. My headache pushes in. Sawyer falls asleep on the way home. The unisphere bobs above the tree line in Corona Park. Cars stuff in long lines along the freeway. While Sawyer sleeps, I lay back on the sofa and scroll. The apartment isn't done yet. Boxes in the corners. Shelves waiting to be hung. In the apartment next door, they are watching YouTube videos about the Marvel Universe with the volume cranked. In India, the Statue of Unity stands twice as tall as the Statue of Liberty. How could that possibly stay upright? I chew my fingertips till I taste blood. In ten minutes, I have to get Theodore from school. The Statue of Unity gives me vertigo. I scroll. A thin steel spike twisting behind my ear. There's a photo of a scuba diver treading water right in front of Christ of the Abyss. Sunlight cuts down and rays through the water. The diver is close enough to touch the statue. I mean, it's hard enough to get up for this without thinking about what Jesus does at night, all alone down there. Thank you for listening to Blight, Stories in the Key of Decay and Repair. I'm Sean Williamson. Please check us out on Instagram and Twitter. A rating on Apple Pods is a true gift. As always, links to cited articles and information can be found in the show notes. Playing us out today is Hello Death. Hello Death is made up of Mariel Alschwang, Nathaniel Hoyer, Sean Stefani, and Aaron Wolf. They have been contributing to Milwaukee culture for over a decade with various musical groups as solo artists, writers, directors, and curators. Home base for Hello Death is Milwaukee Recording and Rehearsal Studio, The Chair Company, co-founded by Hoyer in 2016. Hello Death's full-length LP, For Those With Many Hearts, is available on classic black vinyl at www.hellodeath.bandcamp.com Here is Tin House.
Yeah.